Welcome to Two Dads Against the World, where we take on the funny world we live in, one diaper change, one soccer practice, one homework assignment at a time. Be part of the conversation as we chat about what it takes to face the world as we care for our families and communities. Yes, we'll rant, we'll laugh, and we'll all understand a bit more than we did before. We hope. Scotty's, how are you doing? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm doing good, man. Yeah, you know, just, just, just nursing a cold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You had a, you had a tutorial. Thank you for that this weekend on, <laughs> on Instagram. I reposted it on, on our uh, show Instagram. Um, check it out if you want a, a good tutorial on how to make a good hot toddy. Yeah, check there you out. go. That's that's how you make it at home. That's no. how you do it. Oh fuck. It's no. it's good. So yeah. Um, mm. So last week we were talking about uh, coach. We had Coach Scotty on. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, why, why don't why don't I just bust this up right now? Okay, now oh. let's put you on the fucking hot seat, okay, Mister? Well, I, I feel I, I feel like I had uh, a whole podcast about me and my little bit of expertise in something I'm I'm half ass good at. Oh, okay, okay. What what you got in mind? Well, I, you know what I thought about it this week. I actually thought about it. I was like, you know what? When, when I was talking about coaching and stuff like that, and of course, like we're we're watching each other on the screen, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, you know, this really kind of boils down to like, you know, like leadership lessons in life, right? Like, if you want to talk about being a good leader, sure, a coach is a coach is a good start, right? But like, I thought, you know what, like Alden could explain to us, like, what 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 makes a great great leader? What what's good, you know? aspects of leadership well how do you become a leader how do you notice a leader how do you and how do you get mentored by one how do you find one how do you become one yourself and all of these good things right and i thought you know what i'm gonna put you in the hot seat you might have one to talk about something else but i was gonna be like oh yeah i'm just gonna bust this on you like you did to me last weekend (laughs) (laughs) but but no well we could we could talk we could talk star wars and other things oh my fuck uh uh obi-wan kenobi yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Oh yeah, it's coming up. my god, coming up. I'm so I'm so pumped for that. I, I don't want to hijack your hijack. My, my my nerd boner just like went off there when I was, don't spit out that water. But um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I was like, you know what? I really think you know what makes good leaders when they have when they understand a big mo like a big motivation something like they, they mm. got a they got a rock pushing right and you got that big rush and you finally got that little budge right and then you got some people behind you and you're moving this big rock and mm-hmm. i thought that was a little touch on of what we did last weekend right and i just sure wanted to did, yeah. push that for you and see how far you can roll this big rock now because because honestly coaching is just one thing like coaching good coaches are great leaders but mm-hmm. in the in the large aspect of thing, like the large majority of coaches that coach, you know, it's 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 a task, it's a job. Uh, they do it for the hour, hour and a half, and then they go home. You know, do whatever the hell they do, right? It's mm-hmm. it's it's done. Leadership's different. Being a leader is a lifestyle, right? Mm-hmm. You, you you make very purposeful, you know, or intentional choices from the moment you wake up to the mm-hmm. moment you go to bed. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 I've always admired that about you. You're very intentional with your time. You're very intentional with the circle of uh, influence that you have around you. That's why I have no fucking idea why we do this together. But um, <laughs> but you 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 in, you have good you, in, you, you have good intentions around you all the time, and and you your circle changes. Like since I've known you, your circle of people of influence around you or people that you are influencing has changed a lot. 
in you know the last whatever 18 19 years that we've known each other right yeah. so so i wanted to ask you you know what are in, in your experience and of course you've had, you deal with you know church leaders uh um um political leaders um you know you're a leader yourself in your organization um what what are some things that maybe you can kind of teach me or like something that's kind of like a like a must to like if you were to break down like a, a law of leadership like a, like a like a here's a step by step like you know someone that's like hey I want to break through I feel like I've got all the tools but I don't have the courage you know mm-hmm. kind of like what I was explaining to you about the girls soccer team like you're mm-hmm. nervous and, mm-hmm. and 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 you 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 feel like it is important that you need to step up either to protect somebody or to do better by your organization or your team or something you're nervous you feel like you know the right thing is to do but you you what's going to make you that courageous person that goes and 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 puts yourself out there and says hey here I am and cuz that that takes a lot right cuz like some people they're like oh I'm well I'm a leader of this but like you know I think John Maxwell used to say, uh, you know, a, a leader that has no one follow him is just taking a walk, right? Well, yeah, yeah. It, it, well, that's there's a lot you just said. So, oh, I don't know. But you know what I'd like to do? I would love to um, bring on some leadership gurus. I don't, I don't, I don't say I'm a leadership. I have a lot to learn. Just to preface, I always feel that. Um, um, I, I, I taught a, uh, here, I'll go back in my early twenties. I got the advantage of, uh, being mentored by a former executive of Exxon oil. Oh, cool. Um, so for about four years, um, he was very influential in, in forming my thinking. So last week you talked about like the different books we talked about book reading, right? Right. And we didn't really get into all the books that, that you read. Yeah. I got the advantage of, uh, of um, you know, at first I was trying to get involved with, like, you know, earning some extra dollars on the side. But it mm-hmm. ended up being more of a – the benefit really wasn't so much earning money, but it was really about learning. And, and it kind was of an learning. apprenticeship from him, right? Yeah. like You were his pad me, one? <laughs> well, kind of. But I, I was – which is strange to me. Like, it was a little weird. Like, I mean, he, mm-hmm. he talked to a lot of people, but – there was a couple times where he would like specifically go out his way to like uh, coach me. Okay. But he also warned me a couple times. And because I was stupid and 20, um, in my 20s, if I had only listened, right? If I had only listened to like, th- there's like, I, I'm not going to go into which ones it is, but there's three specific warnings that he gave me that said, if you do this, even though this is a good idea, this part of that idea, that if it's not solved makes the good idea bad. Okay. If the good idea is good, and that little ingredient there doesn't get resolved, the idea is actually all. So, what were these like three cook. warnings he gave you? Not to going into that, but I'll tell you. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you though. What that looking back mm-hmm. was, um, how he was leading me in terms of coaching. He wasn't telling me what how to live my life. He was just saying, "Here's what I'm seeing, Eldon. This is my experience telling me. Look into, like, be careful, be mindful. Mm-hmm. That's not a big leadership stuff, 
that's like the, what he said in like that's not something you should do as a leader and if you don't do that you're a bad leader that's not what i'm saying i'm saying what he did in noticing who i was noticing my specific circumstances that not necessarily were involved in the the business side of things that we mm -hmm. were working on but he was aware of me as an individual enough to know me mm -hmm. know my individual so he he took he took enough he took a uh, uh, interest upon you yes that and he was he was a leader of mine too like he was mm -hmm. leading there was some responsibility and uh, uh me up to him and and then um my success would have helped him too so like there was for sure there was some of that but mm -hmm. the the stuff that he actually fed into me had nothing to do with his bottom line okay it, it actually had nothing to do with it and so for me, that was one of the early learns of my 20s, mm -hmm. was from that gentleman. I also had, a, um, I interned at an organization where I got to witness hard, difficult work um, that was being led by a man that was absolutely giving to people. Like, so, not just giving so money. What was this? Well, this is, we're working with a lot of youth. Okay. And and we're building teams, and uh, I did. Uh, I was like one of their event planners, that kind of stuff. And I was also part of the, the mentorship leadership group there that was helping do the mentorship for teens. Mm -hmm. And uh, but the the work that was being done was was really really good. Mm -hmm. But again, the reason why people were following wasn't because they had a good program or they had cool things because mm -hmm. there's lots of that out there. Mm -hmm. But it was this, again, back to the genuine noticing of people right. and genuinely caring for people. Right. So, but that doesn't necessarily make a good leader. That makes a good social worker. So changing, so like, you know, like it, if you're only caring for people, you're not necessarily leading them. Leading, leading was a little bit different. Well, it depends on how you take it, right? Was Mother Teresa a leader to you or just a social worker? Did she make impactful change in the world by just simply helping individuals and taking notice and care of sick people? Or was she just literally a social worker that time covered that's a, a couple times? That's a great example. That's a great example, right? But, well, she but was a great example, a... and then people did work off of her example of what you should be doing, like your selflessness and all of this and that. I think that's see, what for, made her a leader in her own right, right? But I uh, see, see, I, I would agree with that. But let me just let me just tease this out a little bit. Again, mm -hmm. I probably should have had more caffeine today. You um, should just have more bourbon. Yeah, you know, yeah, that would have helped too. You got to try this old Ezra Seven. Like, uh, is, is that from? Uh, uh, you know what? You can you can get a wine and beyond if they still have any left. It's it's uh, old Ezra Seven year. Write that down. It is absolutely delicious. Like just. Mm. I mean, it's well, it's probably you're nursing becoming... it cold, so that's it's... how you that's how you nurse it, right? Mm. Back to Mother Teresa. So with Mother Teresa, though, like I don't think she intentionally went after becoming. I'm gonna have followers. You know what I mean? She wasn't an ego based leader. Where I need leaders, I need to have followers in order to be a leader. And well, I think there's like a... yeah, I think yeah. that's the difference between a great leader and a shit leader. Is a shit leader has that ego that well, you must follow me. I'm going to do things in which because of a position, whereas mm -hmm. I've never appreciated leaders like that. 
I love yeah. I love when leadership is shown in small things but make a big difference. Like for instance, when a janitor in a school walks across a piece of garbage. Mm-hmm. Okay, and he picks it up. Okay, that someone just threw on the ground, and he picks it up, and he brings it over to the garbage can in front of that person and dumps mm-hmm. it in the garbage. And the kid that was behind him took notice. Right, that although this individual here was, or or, or just just doing like you don't need a position to be a leader. I think that's what I was trying to get at. Really, you, yeah, you don't need well, a position. Like I at work I on agree. my business card, I don't have a title, and there's a reason for that. I don't like titles. Because I I wear many different hats. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm the I'm the number two, and then mm-hmm. some days I'm the janitor. It mm-hmm. depends on the needs of the day. I I'm very humble. I don't have, you know, what what am I trying to say? I don't have. Uh, you don't need the Rolex to, to, to know that you're what's worth the what's the thing um, when you do stuff and you're not afraid to do it because of the simplicity of it uh, or the grossness of it or. You don't have any shame or what's the word I'm looking for? Too much bourbon. Um, anyway. <laughs> caffeine. Uh, yeah, yeah. Not enough caffeine. I have only had one cup of coffee today, which is so weird. But yeah, you don't need a title to become a leader. And I think that most people, when they when they use their title to try and influence people because the, I'm, well, I'm the VP of this, blah, blah, blah. Therefore, you should be listening to me, even though. Everything he says is wrong, or he's doing something wrong. I, I, that's that's the worst type of leader. It really is. It's gross, mm-hmm. and it's well. I, so, like, let's. I I totally agree with you. I I think. I want to go back to this Mother Teresa. Just finish wrap that that idea up. Yeah, I would I agree keep, with you. I keep busting on Mother Teresa. Yeah, come on, come on, give her some slack, man. <laughs> rest in peace. So, um, she died. Wait, with Mother Teresa, it wasn't an ambition to be a leader. Her ambition was to help people. Right. And who she was was a, was somebody that led through example. Yeah, that's right. And so um, there's that's one type of leader. That you're just going to lead because of who you are. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter your ambition or not. Mm-hmm. You're going to do what you do. And because you do it well and you do it with purpose and genuineness, let me yeah. just say that again. A leader, a good leader. No, let me let me just I need to actually define what a good leader is. I think you have to say what well, the heck is a good you, leader. I asked you right. that right at so, the beginning of the thing. Well, you had a lot of questions in the whole beginning of the thing. So here we go. <laughs> you kinda of touched on it before. Like there to me a leader is um um, a leader is a person that does the thing that needs to be done regardless of the reason. Let me say it differently. A leader, <laughs> that makes no sense. It makes a lot of sense in my brain. Let me just tease that a little bit better. Take two. This is not edited. Take two. <laughs> um, a, a leader does the right thing regardless of who's watching. That's one yes, way of putting it. Yes, that's right. That's right. Um, a leader does the hard thing, going into it knowing it's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, a leader does not compromise on truth. Oh, for sure. 
But sadly, that's being twisted right now in general. You're actually rewarded to lie in most cases than you yeah, are trust to, is, to live in truth. Trust is the yeah. biggest thing for sure. So, yeah. um, so I, I would say when you have like you have different types, you have, you have authoritative leaders, mm-hmm. you have positional leaders. What I mean by authoritative, again, I'm not I'm not looking at any definitions. I'm not the expert on leadership, but when I say authoritative leadership, I've been around leaders. Uh, and it, sometimes, sadly, it happens in I've been around construction and I've seen all sorts of types of leadership inside of that world, which is just intriguing. Um, I've been in, in that world. I've seen so many different types. You can almost do a book out of all the different types that I've been exposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is there is a style in some construction or in some worlds of construction where the leadership style is first berating belittling breaking somebody down and you're not ever building them up but you're controlling them to do what you want to get the job done so sadly that is actually sometimes it's a little more abrasive in in construction because construction and kind of more blue collar stuff uh the guys that are working there uh there's like we talked about in a previous uh, episode there's a bravado in some cultural work cultures yeah where it's almost expected that you're um it's not just uh, shooting the shit it's actually um taking a shit on people mm-hmm. like there's that culture sorry for my language for some people that can't handle it or don't like it but i don't know how else to say it uh, i could say it more eloquently i'm sure but that harshness that i just said is 10 times worse than a lot of other places oh for sure and so the goal is to make sure that Whoever, if you're the leader in that circumstance, you have to be the top dog. That means everybody has to be feel little when you're around them. Mm-hmm. That is a that's authoritative leadership. It's not Makes sense. that is that is one of the most toxic ways. Mm. The most toxic is that attitude, mm-hmm. but with polish, mm-hmm. where you are. Ga- they call it gaslighting, where you Gaslight, you make yeah. everybody you you change people's own perception of themselves yeah by slowly telling them they're actually good at something else that you want them to be good at and that they're bad at something you want to be known for as your leader so so it's it's dirty dirty pool and that's again an authoritative leader that is gaslighting somebody and it's a psychological beat down on of a person to believe little of themselves and believe uh, that everybody else believes the same thing. That's gaslighting. So that happens also authoritative leader. Mm -hmm. And then you have another negative. um, uh, It's less negative, but it's still, I would, I I view it as negative because it's, again, I don't feel it as genuine. But when you have that positional leader that you're talking about that, Mm -hmm. because I now am this boss, Mm -hmm. um, you must listen to me. And, if you're a leader of any capacity, there are some circumstances where it's kind of true. There's sometimes you got to say, actually, no, um, this is my responsibility as a leader. This is my call. Mm-hmm. And in that way, that's a positional leader. Mm-hmm. But that's that I don't think that's a negative. That is a t- that is being responsible for the job you've been given. But when you say you have to do it because I said so, because I said so without any sort of explanation or coach or anything like that. Yeah. Now that's the negative part of a positional leader. Yeah. That's generally how I coach uh, youth girls. 
That's like I say so, therefore do it. Kind yeah, of exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like they'll run up against me. They're like, "Well, why do I have to do it?" And I'm just like, "Because I told you to." Keep moving. <laughs> Run. What are you talking to me? You're a girl. Why mm-hmm. are you? Talking? Yeah, that's so you. Yeah. No, that's we're joking. <laughs> so those are like some of the two negatives that I see. And, and then, um, so some of the positives in terms of true leadership, it's hard being being a true leader. Is is um. It's a ton of work, man. It's not, yeah, it's not, it's not something you just, you just don't flippantly go about leading. Usually comes off of some sort of pain or some sort of great pleasure from doing something that kind of boosts you out of it, right? That says, hey, you know what? I want to, I have a vision and this is, I want to push a bunch of people towards this or what have you, whatever it might be. So vision could be like an objective. Vision could be. Um, um, and that objective, sorry, uh, sorry, let me just rephrase that a little bit. A vision can be different types of objectives. Mm-hmm. One objective could be um, uh, a success marker. Mm-hmm. So either a certain level of income as a team, we're going to reach this goal. Sure. An- another six, uh, uh, objective would be an expansion of team. So capacity, um, so this is not just a, a monetary, this is like capacity. So our organization will be able to provide this type of service in this type of timeline. That's a great objective too. That's, that, there's some money involved, but again, it's different. Like you have a money objective, you can have a, a situation or, or goal objective. Mm-hmm. And then another object, objective is your personnel objective. My team will have this sense about themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, they're, when I, when I break them down into those three levels of objective, it's really hard to just do one and not the other two. Mm-hmm. If you're only going for the money, well, then you got to default to either, uh, your positional leader, or authoritative leader, mm-hmm. because you're just going to drive the sales. If again, you go focus only on that middle one where you're just looking at expansion growth. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a little bit different. You're probably leaning more on the positional leadership mm-hmm. thing. Like, here's my responsibilities, what we must do. You set those goals. Mm-hmm. And if you're only um, going after the third one, then it's really hard to meet the top two because then you can get to a certain point, but then it kind of does this uh, whirlpool effect where mm-hmm. you're really just patting each other on the back without actually having any, any accountability for objectives, other yeah. objectives. And so... Um, so that boils down to vision, at vision casting. So some companies use the mission and vision, blah, 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 and usually really campy stuff. I really believe, <laughs> like, I know, it's like, why do you even have them? Like, they're like, oh, we're going to be the best at something. And then how are you going to do it? Yeah, we're going to do it the best. Well, you can't, that, that's not a vision. Yeah. Um, I really believe that whatever the vision is, that it doesn't matter who in that organization is working. They can look at the vision and say, I fit in that. So that means the CEO and the janitor have the exact same vision for why they're working. That's right. And so if you don't have that, if if 100% of your staff do not, cannot look at your vision statement and say, I belong here and that is why I'm here, and it's not just a paycheck. 
is not because I, this is the only thing that feeds my feed my family. Yeah. Now you're on to something, and maybe that job is something that they are just feeding their family with. But when they when you take that monetary gain plus now a reason to come to work on top of the monetary gain, now you've got some momentum that's starting to be built. Mm-hmm. And so for me, when I'm looking at leadership. And I, I'm not driving some of those. I'm not. I'm not the one in, in my organization. In my organization, I'm. I'm kind of a middle manager that has influence to some of the bigger stuff that we do, but not all the stuff that we do. Mm-hmm. Um. So my role then is different. My role is sometimes I'm leading the team, sometimes I'm leading uh, contractors. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm setting a pace for our vendors to meet the pace that we're setting, mm-hmm. and 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 sometimes I'm leading internally sideways to my colleagues at the same position. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm leading other departments, teams that are not directly reporting to me, but I'm somehow I I need to be mindful that I am still a leader and that what I say matters negatively a, or positively yeah to how you're going to build your influence but i'll yes but not for the objective of influence oh for sure but for, for, for the objective of the vision and the team sure and that that's my mindset is but like, there's different influence for different categories like you're just saying right like yes, depending on but who there's, you're talking to the like the contractors yes you, know, you have to influence has, them differently um no i actually disagree with that Oh, okay. No, no. I, I, I truly believe that, that. So you don't go. I might talk Trump on their ass. Yeah. You're fired. (laughs) I've done that to a couple of vendors. Um, but, uh, only after the, the, I have a, only because there's, they're they're not, you're not able to work with them. And it's, I don't have a, a heart. I don't go with heart stick. Anyway, let me, let me get back to this. Why I, my ability way I deal with people should be, and I'm not perfect on my own philosophy, but I try this very, I try to do this as much as I can. So no matter who I'm dealing with, if I'm dealing with the rookie janitor that just got hired by the contractor who doesn't, who sees me as the big boss, mm-hmm. who's a scared, who's afraid of me because of my position, right? Because they're used to being yelled at because they're, they're, they're really nobody. They're mm-hmm. viewed as an other in a lot of organizations. Okay. And in some cultures that if I am not treating them with a level of dignity and respect the same way I'm treating the head of the organization. Sure. Then there's a problem. Yeah. In terms of who has authority, that's slightly different. But as a person, I really look at leading people, whether it be again, sideways to into my own team, into other people's team and also up to my bosses because if you're a leader you do have influence on those above you mm-hmm. not that you're leading them like in terms of telling them what to do but you are leading them in your responsibilities as what you bring to the organization your boss may know something more than you and has more responsibility for the decision mm-hmm. but in my opinion that if you are truly leading and you're responsible and you're caring for the person above you sideways uh, in your team and on other teams, 
um, that your real influence will come from being genuine to people. Yes. And, and it's that being genuine is really the only thing that you really have. So really your character is the only thing you have because people will talk about you. Either they'll talk because of your position, they'll assume things about you. Mm-hmm. Either above you, they'll assume things about you. Below you, they'll assume about you. And colleagues who don't understand what you do necessarily, because it's different departments, whatever, will assume things about you. That the only thing you've got is to be consistent in how you treat others and what your approach with everybody. So, so when the, that that's that's to me my experience with leadership. Mm. Oh, I like that. It's. I got a, a couple of things from that. I think that's very cool. You know, I. Uh... I I've got a, I got a quote. I got I got a quote. I just looked up. A quote. Okay, this oh. is from. There you go. This is from a former U.S. Army Captain William D. Swenson. I actually posted this on uh, on LinkedIn earlier today. Actually. Oh. So this is the quote. So he worked in the Afghanistan uh, uh, operation near the Pakistan border. Mm-hmm. So this is the, his quote. You are a true leader when you help your team become successful. Remember, leadership is not about you. It's all about the people you serve. That last little bit is kind of key. When you're serve, when a vendor is working with you, they're outside your organization, right? Mm-hmm. And if you are truly leading, you're still going to lead the vendors. But in slightly different way, like what you're saying, Scott, you're not leading exactly the same way with everybody, mm-hmm. except for your genuineness. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the same. Correct. So when that vendor comes in, you're leading them into your expectations of how your organization's needs are and what that vendor is able to provide, whatever it is, service, a goods, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And so they are now part of your team, whether they're officially part of your team or not. Mm-hmm. And so so leadership, by extension, is not just those that you're responsible for. And it's not about showing the people above you. But a true leader is the same regardless of it in the organization or out of the organization. Mm-hmm. And in that, I believe, that's if you look at, at what I've done, that's how I part of the reason why I've been able to transfer to different different things because that approach has been how I've tried to live even though that doesn't always work with some organizations because they only see positional leaders mm-hmm. it's strange it's strange in some ways um it, it's it's um so I've I've seen that example in a couple places I've seen that in a workplace um um and, and one of those one of those guys was uh, kind of, I don't, know, I don't know how to describe him. I don't want to say his name because I didn't tell him I was going to talk about him. Um, but, um, yeah, this one particular leader that I'm thinking about, he was a little um, uncanny. Not kind of, That's the wrong word. Um, he was a very smart man. He was very uh, personable. Mm-hmm. He was on the edge of inappropriate in our meetings where it was like almost like Michael Scott, but unlike Michael Scott from the office where he didn't know what he was saying, he would say things right to the edge just to see if you would react. Oh, I like he that. Was I yeah, love you that. would like, you would get along. Oh with him really yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, 
but he treated people with respect. And I saw him deal with some difficult things and he had a really high standard too. So mm-hmm. he wasn't a pushover, but he was he was fun to work with, but no pushover. Like here's the standard, it's going to be met. Here's how we're going to do it and it's going to make sense. Yeah. I'm going to make I'm going to coach you how to do it. If you're something you don't understand, that's okay. Come talk to me or I'll come if I notice something, I'll come talk to you, not embarrass you and we'll work together and get that going. Mhm. And so he was able to have the standard, have fun, make it light on something yeah. that we had very serious parameters to meet. Mm-hmm. We had d- deadlines. We had really tight budgets. We had customer expectations. We had public reputation we had to meet. And we were meeting them and exceeding them because he was a leader that cared about you as an individual, cared about the company, cared about the vendors, cared about people and i think to me that is a mark of a good leader okay you okay there you got some spillage huh no no i'm no, writing something down i'm just writing something down all right, all right. i just thought of a i'm trying to make my own good damn quote but i can't write where the <laughs> shit well it's the bourbon but no no it's not even just the bourbon it's just you know what i'm, I'm trying to break it down like i'm trying to summarize what i've kind of learned from you today and it's just I, I take from it, and and it's maybe because I don't think like you do, but I take from it that your you know your level of influence as a leader is going to come down to, um, to basically your what am I, I, was, I was trying to write it, you know your level of your influence as a leader is going to come down to how how willingness you are to serve, I think serving your, whether that be your team or your your bosses or whatever your level of service and uh, i remember when i was uh training bartenders i don't know where i learned it from i picked it up from somebody and it was i was very young and of course there was just lots of tequila shots between the time i learned it to the time i ta- taught somebody it but i told them that you know to to lead and to rule is to serve you must serve first you must be be the influence, be the change, be the be the environment mm-hmm. y- you wish to have, you must be that first. Mm-hmm. So, you know, being in the service industry for a long time, um, it is a very uh, looked down upon uh, position, let's just say. Just, just the term serve. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, just server Serve-er in itself. Yeah. Just, it, it's just very looked down upon. But when you when you do it well, when you do it right, when you're great at serving, and when you put that at the at the first and foremost, that's the that's that that is what it is is to serve you, to make your whether it, you know when you're a server or to when you're like at a construction crew, if it is if it is an expectation that to serve is to rule, and my level of service to you the customer or to the client or to the contractors or to whoever it might be or my boss, that influence will come to people will not just look at you as the position. They're going to look at you as a higher cause as a, as something to aspire to. Does that make any sense? But that's just, yeah. what I'm trying to summarize yeah. a little bit of, of what you had said to bring it down to Cause I think it all, it really came down to what's your level of service to the purpose to your objective what is your level of service because your level of service 
to the objective is going to determine your influence as a leader. Yeah. Am I kind of getting that or no? Yeah. I I think it's, and it depends on which setting you're at. Like, like what I do, what I do, uh, um, wow. I, I have varied interests. Like I like a lot of different things. I like to learn about a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like to apply what I like, what I learned in uh, cross. Um, that's, that's the wrong word. I was going to say cross demographics, but it's not quite exactly what I'm thinking. I don't think what you learn in one industry is exclusive to an industry. I think sure. you could really absolutely um, learn a principle mm-hmm. and apply it to different things. Like like a military, like you're in the military, you've got a lot of different leadership styles. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing with the military, especially U.S. military, uh, which is a lot more um, known in terms of their training and their and their philosophies, and there's different areas and different branches and different levels of leadership that are in there um there's a lot of lessons that they apply because there's been a lot of money spent on learning about people in the military so that's why i bring it up um that'd be one example where there's some there's some cross learning there but i in terms of the principles of learning different things and applying to different areas i think if your mind is looking out uh, for those around you as well as for yourself. Mm-hmm. But uh, then you'll be able to lead with whatever the business objective is. Sure. But if you flip it, if you flip it where your objective is only for yourself, mm-hmm. then you, your, your, the human nature mm-hmm. moves to a leadership style that's authoritative and positional. Yeah. And, and so, you'll hit, you'll hit a lid quick. Or you will, or you will not, not necessarily. I actually disagree with that. I think some some settings, um, oh, that yeah, style sure. is rewarded um, oh, yeah. because, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a, true. Uh, sometimes that that type of person, that type of leader, takes advantage yeah. of, sure, um, and uh, doesn't necessarily. They might project uh, the caring leader, but they are actually more authoritative mm-hmm. or positional. Um, anyways, one of the things that you were saying about the server kind of mindset and, um, and this is just me talking to you. Have you ever read anything from Danny Meyer? Mm, yes. He wrote a book called, um, uh, make the table, set the table, setting the table, setting the table. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I got very little from the book i'll be honest with you there was very little diamonds to be mined from it it was a it was a very cool story because i was just very interested like you know it's very gastro like all the all the restaurants like he's a very successful restaurateur like let's not let's be honest he's probably one of the most successful new york restaurateurs like he brought shit neighborhoods to glory um you learn about that through his book um but there but how but yeah but making <laughs> making a team feel feel your passion and i feel like that's what he did most is that he made his team his family is what he would often refer to him as 
they would feel his passion. He would be in the trenches with them. He'd be in the weeds. He'd be he'd be in the cook line. He'd be doing whatever it took. His passion fed through his people. His people were treated like family. His whole team, his servers, his busboys, his everything that he had in that going on that restaurant created an environment in which it was infectious. It was, you, as a guest, you were... You know, you were you're coming into their family. You were beyond joyed. You were in their family. You were someone very mm-hmm. special. And good restaurants will do that. Good managers will do that. You have authoritative managers, like you said. I've seen mm-hmm. a lot of different managers in restaurants, but the great managers are are honestly hosts. It's host. They yeah. are welcome to our house. And when I was a bartender, I treated everyone that came to my bar. Like you were a guest in my home, right. and I spoke very frankly to you. And depending on what your, you know, you know what your uh, night was about, whether it was like you know first date or you know just boys at the bar ap- after a game, you know my interaction with you would be different. But I'm just saying, I would still treat you as if you were coming into my home. And all these people here, all these servers are running around. It's all my family. They're here to make your experience and this environment as enjoyable for you as possible that you will come back. And right. I think he did it better than it, most people. He really did. I, I So I've read the book too and um, I applied some of my uh, lessons learned through different psychology courses, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, not I'm not a psychologist. <laughs> not even close. But um, – and so when I was reading, like the book is kind of split into like two-thirds of it is story. One-third of it is like here's how I did it. Yes. And yeah. and so um what I found was the fact that he was sharing how what he shared wasn't all the details of his story. He shared a lot of the hard lessons of his story. For sure. And so um he took incredible risks. And the risk is yes, the risks were one thing, but it was the mistakes during those risks that he took. Mm-hmm. And the adjustments that he made for in himself, for one, two, for his approach with his team, mm-hmm. um, which he learned from his, you know, his mentors, which is his, his grandpa mostly. And, and some wife. of the lessons, and the lessons he didn't want to take from his dad. Mm-hmm. Um, That's right. That's right. And, and use those things to come up with a way to empower his staff and to look for those that could follow his 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 full his vision that's right and so his vision is really about hospital he, he, his the book is called i've got i've only got like three books on my shelf and they're they're what tenant. is it so it this is, is called the, setting the, it's called yeah, yeah, setting, oh yeah setting no, the no, table yeah, yeah i got it upstairs i remember the title now yeah, yeah yeah it's called i only read it once the transform the transforming power of hospitality in business Yes, absolutely. And so, um, the here's let me let me go back to what I was saying earlier about that vision part. Mm-hmm. So, and knowing your people, so knowing mm-hmm. your people, understanding where they are, like mm-hmm. looking out a, around you, caring for the needs around you. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he cared for the needs, but I know that hospitality was exuded in all levels of his organization. Yes. Again, he had a high standard. Here's how we set the table. Here's what the salt, pepper, shaker yes. scale. This is what we do. This is kind of like my boss that I was talking before. We have this standard here. Yeah. 
-hmm. and I'm going to empower you to get to this point, but I'm going to hire those that get the vision. Yeah. And there's some people that just, you cannot, they're just that type. <laughs> Maybe they're only authoritative type of people or they're only like sheep type of followers sure. where they cannot do anything without being told by an authoritative figure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've worked with people like that too. Yeah. So not everybody is the same, but a lot of people, if they actually dig deep, they actually want to be known and they want to be, uh, they, they want some level of, um, input. They don't necessarily need you to be their dad or be their like coach, but they mm -hmm. want to be somewhat recognized and fed into some kind of, not just training, but like truly being noticed is probably the best way. And I think that's what hospitality is. Is truly noticing somebody and taking care of that need that you are providing and maybe a little bit more. But but the hospitality part of it is is really how am I setting that table? What are my standards? But how are my people being able to do that? And am I empowering them to do what I would do? Because if I can't empower them to do what I would do and I have to be there to do everything, then I don't have a team. And I don't, and I'm not leading anything. I'm actually dictating to people. You know what? I, I made this joke. I made this joke because I saw this uh, once. It was at a, um, I can't remember what restaurant it was, but we came to pay the bill. And I, I don't know if you've seen this too on their debit machine where it was like 15% okay service, 18% good, 20% wow. Oh. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. But hear me out there. Mm-hmm. If it was wow, you wouldn't have to put a number to it. Yeah, that's and and and, yeah. and if your culture of hospitality, so my my theory of hospitality, and I'm so grateful that I was a, a server, a, a cook, a bartender for as long as I was before I got into the world of sales, because I feel that in 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 my line of work, all things being equal in the equipment that I sell and stuff like that, it, there's not a lot of difference. The difference right. being is the people that are delivering the product, the people that you're you're working with. And I'm trying to set myself out through the years as being someone that is a real host of my company and it's very hospitable in the way I do my business and always I always try so hard that when I leave their office or leave their, their work site, I want them to think, Wow. That motherfucker's got his shit together. Mm -hmm. That's that's my goal. Mm -hmm. I don't yeah. want... I, and I, I try and tell my boss this. I told him one day. I said, wouldn't that be nice to have that as a reminder for you, the employer? When you're paying your people, okay? Have that in the mindset. You're signing the checks. Have that in mindset. Was this a... 15% okay. Is this 80% <laughs> right. good? Because I said, have those checks in your mind. Because I, and it wasn't a dig. It wasn't a dig on him. But I said, if they're not all wows, the first starts with you. Right. And it's, well, not, a, it's not a dig. It wasn't dig. a dig. But I was just saying, make sure that, that that culture is always about delivering a wow. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be fucking you're doing electrical. It could be you're doing a plumber. It could be you know, our buddy right. Chris Johnson exactly. with Johnson's Wood Floors. 
you know, yeah. he I know that him, like I know him personally. Every time he does a job, he wants to make sure like the way that he finishes it, the way that he has a complete job, he wants to leave that wow factor. And of course, too, he always like I've seen him on job sites, right? I've helped him out from time to time. And he's always getting to know the client on as personal level as it is appropriate to make sure that their needs are met and if they have questions that they can feel comfortable to just come to him talk to him get things figured out but he leaves this factor of wow that's why you know i i if there was google reviews there can't be a poor one because he's made that effort in his approach and his team like the guys that work for him they all have that same vision because it came from the leader it came from the leader and it it, it well it's and he hired for that he hi- yeah. and he hired he hired he came for from sure. the leader but he and in so doing he's hiring those that can follow that same vision and sometimes sometimes you can't sometimes you get stuck in a company and and like a, for instance like in my line of work we've we've I've, you know i've been um you know told to train lots of different people for positions like mine so that i could my, could mentor and there's just a lot of people that either will um will be accepting of a certain yeah. culture and then some that just can't and and yeah. those people that just can't you just got to get rid of them quick you just got to you got to trim the fat you got to you got to cut them off as quickly as possible because those people although they might be good people okay yeah, yeah. they might be good people but if they don't have that work ethic they don't have that drive they can't see that passion they don't feel it they don't want to provide that same level Are you, you got to do a rap He's trying to do like rap, like Rock does now. It sounds like Rock's new rap song. Is it? Yeah. Oh, good job. Oh, I haven't. Yeah, I haven't heard Just it. Yet. Some beats, lay some beats down. Yeah. I can't. I can't even beatbox. I can't, I'm no, so. No, I'm we're, so we're congested. Too white. I need. We're too I, white, yeah. I need another toddy. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, like I just think that. Uh, I don't even know what I was thinking. But well, I, I, I'm sorry for interrupting. That that's my fault. The 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 thing that I think. To sum up, to summarize, to, to tie in, is bringing on people like in the book, setting the table. Again, I'm going to. It's not necessarily. This is not a leadership book. This is not a leadership book, but it does show what a leader does. It takes. He takes risks, but he brings his people along and empowers his people or her people. Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter gender. Um. It's not a, just about taking risks. It's about leading through the risk and leading through the problems and empowering your people through it. Having a vision that can, people can understand and look to and say, yes, that is that my job belongs with that vision. Um, kind of like what you're saying, though, in his book, what he says is sometimes when you're hiring people, you need to hire people that maybe not have all the skill set but have a certain way of who they are that fits with what the vision is. And in your case, the vision for your job, for what you do, this might be here. This is a question. Have you ever, like you, you've said it to me. I could probably write it for you. You have a vision. You have a mission. You have a mission. I'm going to sell drill bits to these type of companies and we're going to do the best damn job we're going to be able to do with these drill bits. I'm just, that's not the exact mission, but that's the that's your mission of your of your company is to sell Joe bits, right? That's what it is. That that is how the company survives mm-hmm. and makes it in the black is by selling drill bits. Yeah, but, but it's not the, the vision. But at the end of the day, it's about 
having customers trust you as their partner in right. their drilling applications. That yes. is the ultimate goal is having that trust and that faith with your client and the relationship with them that they are your go-to partner. So you it's can a, probably do a, a subset vision, right? You can do a subset vision though for your position where sure. where you can say that means or you can have a, a separate mission and vision for your thing that, that if they don't get that the mission is to be there on time to anticipate customers needs mm-hmm. like you know those sorts of things this the the selling of the technical um parameters of mm-hmm. what you do that could be understood by many people sure but it's that that it's the hospitality it's that hospitality part yeah that that's is, what's gonna stand you, you can't you. and it's like what maybe uh what he said in his book it's a certain selection of people in our society that have, pre- have a predisposition to natural hospitality. Sure. You can teach the skills, but you can't yeah. really teach the personality or the, yeah. the disposition. I should say. That's true. But every personality is a little bit different. Yeah. Like but disposition as long, as long is what as... I meant to say. Yeah. Oh, okay. But that's yeah, disposition. It's so funny because in hospitality, when I was a server, when I was a very young server, I used to have the girls of the other servers come up to me and say, you can't talk like that to people. You right. can't say that to the guests. You're gonna get away it's with just, stuff that others you, can't. You, yeah. you you need yeah. to be you need to be more you know gentle and and soft spoken and kind. And I was like, I yeah, think I'm doing school. okay. I think I'm yeah. doing okay just being me. This is not you know, grade two in Mrs. Hatfield's class. No, this like, is like I world. used to walk up to a table, and if the guy didn't have everything finished on his plate, I used to walk up to him. I'm like, hey man, listen, I don't want you to complain later. Finish what's on your plate. <laughs> like don't, co- don't, joke, co- right? don't yeah. complain to me later if you're hungry yeah but that was my approach like i was very you know baby yeah. gruff on the, my approach but people knew that about me they knew when they came to my bar or whatever they're like oh you you gotta meet this fucking bartender this guy's a total asshole but we love him like yeah. he is just it's, but the reason why you're not really a total asshole is because you're genuine to the person that you're talking to. For sure. But I'm making yeah. sure it's a memorable experience. But the whole time I'm making you kind of laugh and maybe, you know, bust your balls a little bit, I am 150% hospitable to your needs at that moment. But I'm just trying to do a little – You're adding I, I'm salt. trying to – I'm adding the salt to basically that mm-hmm. says I'm a little different. You're going to remember me because I busted your ass for being a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. You know, this is because right. most most bartenders or servers or whatever, they're doing whatever they can to get the highest tip. I'm doing whatever I can to get the biggest wow reaction. Yeah. The tip the tip will just come. I always tell new bartenders, if you did everything right, if you created a wow factor, you don't even have to look at the slip. Just know you got looked after. Yeah. If you did everything right. And there's a hey, there's some people out there of course that don't believe in gratuities and tips and that's totally fine and then go to hell. But anyway, if you did everything right in life is sales in contract work, if you did whatever, if you did a well factor, okay? If you held yourself at a higher higher level, you did those things, you're going to get looked after. Okay? You do that enough with enough people watching you when you know that they're not watching you, all of a sudden you become a person of influence. And if you do that with that person of influence watching you and they ask you questions and you show them how to do it, then you become a leader. And then that person starts to do it. You become a leader of a leader. And of course this process becomes right. Mm. Like I, I think this big bubble, and then you create a culture and that culture is what you're really trying to get at. Right? Like that's what, you know, great mm-hmm. restauranteurs like who you're talking about there. That's what he got to 
because at the very first, he had an idea. He was a passion. He was a foodie. You know, he was a uh, you know, he, he loved wine. He loved great food. He had a very privileged uh, youth, if I remember from the story. Like he he traveled all around Europe and uh, you know France and and England. He he very, like very well, his his was... parents were very influenced by cuisine, and he like in poor. Italy. They, well, I don't know if they like, were poor, but he did a lot of traveling, yeah. and he got to go to a lot of places. But his father was a businessman that had really big highs and really big, big lows. lows. Yeah, and he lost a lot of businesses, of course, and 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 that's what yeah, his, his dad him. was not a successful businessman. Yeah, yeah, but he so he got he he got this uh, like he privileged in terms of he got uh, a, a, exposure, he had, exper- he had exposure, but not privilege yeah. where he's like you know a silver spoon. No, that's that's what I mean. But privilege to me sometimes is what you can be exposed to, what you're allowed to be exposed to. I feel like if you expose, you know, anyone to great things, um, you know, there is a bit of osmosis that will work there. Okay, like you, you can take somebody from the middle of Nigeria, throw him into IBM, and over a course of period of time. You could have this person that maybe has been sweating his ass off, carrying buckets of water, you know, for 13 hours a day and feeding his family with nothing. You put him into, you know, a culture that like IBM or or, or Google or something that's like, hey, we're going to give you these courses. We're going to do this. Let's let's do a lunch break. Hey, you get, you know, you could have all of this brought to you. Then all of a sudden, boom, takes takes you off to a new level, right? Exactly. I think... Though we should mention something, uh, I think we should say what the tip of the day is. Brought to you by Johnson's Wardrobe, just just the tip by Johnson's Wood Floor. Yeah, I said it finally correctly, partly. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think early what you said about um, about uh, caring for those around you, I think that's the tip of the day, regardless of your service industry, regardless of whatever, just. Like with Johnson with Floor, he's caring that when the job when he leaves, he cares that it's left in a way. How did you say it? Do you remember what exactly was it? No, that was a lot, was, brilliant. Go. was a lot of bourbon. A lot of bourbon go. Basically, guys, do what Johnson with Floor do, and care for your customers, care for your people, and have a vision that means something. Yep. There's your tip of the day. Just the tip. Brought to you by Johnson with Floor. But you know what? Sometimes we also need breaks. Sometimes you need to do some reading. And when you do that, sometimes it's best to just get out there in nature. And when you go out there to have that break, make sure you bring along a cooler with your favorite bubblies. <laughs> Kalani Sports provides those things for you. Either it be a, a travel mug, whether it be a, a cooler, whether it be maybe you need to take a break and just get on the lake and just paddle, do some paddle boarding. Mm-hmm. You know, the best way to do that is just go and buy their stuff through our website, believe it or not, Two Dads Against the World. Click the link. Pick your product. Get 10% off at checkout when you type in the code 2DADSATW. Um, and, of course, shop local, everybody. Like, there's some good leaders out there that are just trying to just have their their market going well. Absolutely. Go visit Chris and Shane and Hanson Distillery. Go mm-hmm. find out what great leaders and a great culture looks like. Those people, that's a, that's a family. And another great com- a company with great people, great leaders is Avenue Appliances. Mm-hmm. Trust me, they're actually good people. They're not just selling great stuff. <laughs> they're great people. So again, um, it, it's important. 
I, I do want to say one thing before we head out, though, is um, all these things that I, 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 I aspire to also mm. means that I need to be, as a leader, and I think this is important for everybody, is to make sure that you are accountable to your own standards. And so you can have those standards, but there's always that check. There's no, always that's that. That's great you said that. That's so true, man. It, it's like, okay, this is what I want to be. I can say this. Yeah, yeah. But am yeah. I doing what I actually want to do? Or is what I'm doing being perceived that way? And if it mm. isn't, what's in the way of that? Is it something that I'm doing? Is it something that I'm not communicating correctly? Or is there some external things that maybe you're in a place that's the normal leadership thing that you're able to do is being actually quieted. So it's just something to be aware of. But then I go back to what I said earlier before. What is your character? Are you going to just be and do what you know, what you need to do, regardless of what other people perceive you as? And are you going to just do it because you know that's the right thing to do? Mm -hmm. You got to decide for yourself. For sure. So, um, Scott, thanks for hijacking. Well, no, was, I didn't. Do, I didn't do any hijacking. Well, kind of. I just wanted to kinda feel uh, feel bad about. Uh, yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, <laughs> y- you did it to me last week, and so I did it to you. So that's good. We're even, even Stephen. But even honestly, Steve's. and that that was actually really great. I, I I like that talk. Sometimes I just I need to get that kind of stuff off my chest, and I want to hear that kind of stuff just to kind of get myself a boost. Right. Like, do you ever get that? Like, yeah. sometimes I don't get it from a, a book or I don't get it from an audio book. Sometimes it's is it's just it's it's chatting with a friend. It's getting together right. with people. And, right. and it's just like a, a banter. Like there I'm sure there's so many things that you probably wanted to talk about. And there's so many things that that I would have liked to have touched on, like even last week. And when it came to like the coaching and stuff, there's so many things I missed. And I wish I would have said that. I thought about it yep. afterwards. I'm like, Jesus, I'm do- like, I'm like, I wish I was a little bit more prepared for that. I'm like, fuck, I could have said yeah. this and this. Right. But, you know, what? I just think that sometimes it's just nice to walk into something, talk about it, grow a little bit, put yourself in check, be like, yeah, you know what? That's so, that's so true. Like, am, 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 am I, even if, if, if leadership is still not a thing that you're comfortable with and you're still nervous about stepping out and, you, and you're, but you're still just having, lead where you are, just lead, lead where you lead are yourself first. Yeah, exactly. Just be courageous enough to, to, mm-hmm. to ask yourself, am I fucking doing this life thing full on? Am I leaving shit on the table or am I, am I fucking going at this full on? And that's what I want. Like I told you before, like when I'm dead, Michelle hates it, but I just want on my tombstone all used up. And that's my goal. All used up. So everyone can know that, hey, you know what? He, 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 he did it. He, yeah. he, he lived full on. He didn't leave anything back. And I want my kids to know that too. You know, I'm going to say this last thing before we go, and then we're going to go and head out. This is the other last evening. thing. The one more last thing. Because <laughs> I think you, I love what you said about um, the conversation about that community. And sometimes I suspect there's some of our, our listeners, and thank you for listening. Trust me, we really appreciate it. That we're able to do that for them. We're, we're part of that conversation in, in their week. Um, sure, yeah. You know what? There are others, just like you, that just need a conversation and they don't mm-hmm. have that ability to have yeah. this kind of conversation with others. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe share this one. Maybe this is a good one to share, 
But hey, let's get some other people that need that conversation that they can't have right now and uh, share this podcast with others. I greatly appreciate that. And honestly, uh, you know, comment, send us an email or something like that. You know what? Even if you're, you know, just want to shoot the shit, yeah. get a little bit more about what we may or may not have to give. <laughs> right. Again, we're, we're, we're not it, gurus in this, but yeah. yeah, absolutely. By no means are we any type of, uh, you know, we're credentialed not experts. Yeah. But, uh, you know, life, life has its own lessons. And if you do enough of it and you pay attention, you learn a lot of shit. Well, Scott, thanks again for uh, this, uh, this combo, this hey, conversation, thank you. this topic. Thanks, everyone. And you have a good one. Absolutely. Too.